All right, this is Hyperborean Radio. I'm Celtic God. The other guy is going to be the lore keeper. Hello, everybody. I'm drinking coffee from one of our Hyperborean Radio coffee cups, which you can no longer get. No, they're ours. All ours. All ours. For now. All right, so I just got to ask, do you care? Of course you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here listening. Well, that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about, is caring. Now, don't step away and think we've gone all hippie. No. (laughs) But... I realized recently the, sh- the sheer impact of care and not because of, well, everybody cares so much. No, it's because of the amount of pe- of our people, especially those that are pretty much stuck in this cycle of, I don't want to say despair, but nihilism and almost like vindictiveness mm-hmm. is they almost always say, and I've fallen into this trap before and I have to actually train myself out of it still. The I don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. You're trying to convince yourself that you're you don't you're care. You're casting a spell on yeah. yourself. And this ties into a lot of people say the opposite of love is apathy. And this sounds really good, and it makes sense, and even we've said it before, because mm-hmm. it's more accurate. It sounds more accurate in your head than the opposite of love is hate. But then you realize, no, 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 no. The opposite of love is hate. The opposite of apathy is not love it's care mm-hmm. because apathy is the complete indifference whereas if you care about something you are inherently not indifferent to right. it there, there's a lot of arguments on this and they're all philosophical and they're all right in their own way and yes we're wrong too we're just as wrong as everybody else because in these topics you have to use broad brushstrokes but love and hate they are they are, they clearly hold hands and they are separated by the width of a razor blade. Well, it's because in both instances you actually care about the individual. Exactly, you have to care about something or somebody to hate, even if you only care about them in the sense of how they negatively impact you and those you care yeah, about. Because care and like, love and like, are actually two different things. You can care about somebody and hate them. You can care about them and love them. You can love somebody and dislike them. You can love somebody and like them. Well, and it's it's actually in the uh, modern culture. Uh, well, to think of it, though, on to cut you off, to, just to finish up the thought, is think of care as a battlefield. And then you have apathy as a battlefield. Love, hate, like, dislike, none of those have any room on apathy, on the field of apathy. All of these things take place in the realm of care you have to care about them first well that's what i was going to say is the give a fuck Mm -hmm. that is quite literally what it's uh slang basically for i don't care Mm -hmm. or i care and what it is is if you give a fuck you care or if you don't give a fuck you don't care or that's what you're trying to say right i care or i have apathy for this thing yes and here's here's where the control mechanism comes in why do you care so much? Why do you care so much? Uh, why do you how, care about this? Why do you care about that? How what? can you not care about this? There you go. That's the other side of it. Is, but how, how dare you not care about this thing? How dare you not care about every single solitary person on the earth? You can't because you don't know them. You well, don't even know that they exist. Let's be honest. Well, and that's the other thing is there's only so much care you can actually give. Which is why if they control how much you care, they can control you. Or specifically what you care about. Precisely. Because I was thinking about this recently. These institutions, whether they're religious or social or governmental, they don't actually care what you think or believe because they know they can't actually control that. What they actually want is to control what you care about. And by extension, that affects what you believe and think. Mm -hmm. Because... They can't make you believe in Jesus. They can't make you believe in, I don't know, woke culture. They can't make you believe in this or that or whatever. But they can make you care about it. And the way they make you care about it is slowly but surely punishing you for not caring about it and rewarding you when you do. Or and at it, least say the thing. You don't have to actually care. Well, and They don't we, care. They just need you to say the thing. Well, and the thing is, eventually, what you do, what you think, what you say, all these little things add up and it defines you right well let's use something innocuous would you like to donate a dollar to help raise awareness for mental illness 
Absolutely not, because everybody's aware of it. But they're playing on care, your your desire to appear to be caring, and it's not that we don't care about mental mental illness or mental health. or mental health. I think that's the the word that she actually used uh, to raise awareness for mental health. It's not that we don't care, but to give money to raise awareness for the thing that you just rose awareness for for free, and Everybody already knows and everybody already cares about mental health to some degree or another. And we all know that we're all nuts. Every one of them, uh, every one of us is crazy, which means most of us aren't actually that crazy. Most of us are actually sane in an insane world. Right. Well, and but we're, we're programmed to respond. Positively to that. It's yeah. it's the, the whole joke of, would you like to send a cup of coffee to a soldier on the battlefield? Yeah, that sounds like a good yeah. charity. Well, and the thing is, is like uh, the, the person that asked us if we'd like to donate a dollar to help raise raise awareness for mental health or what, whatever the phrase was. And I, I laughed and I pointed this out and you could see the emotional clicking that was going on of offense. How dare this person laugh? How dare this person? Oh, wait. No. Shit. He's right. Well, I think that's the thing is a lot of people. What it is, is they've invested care like they care about this thing or that thing, whether it's a, a fantasy show, whether it's a book series, whether it's a sports team. And the very fact that they care about it means they place worth on it. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying it's invalidated, it's a form of attack in a way. Because you're attacking the thing they've deemed worthy of their care, their time, their energy, their effort, well, their affection. The, the specific topic of it doesn't matter. It, it can be sports balls. It can be movies. It can be you yourself, me myself. It doesn't. It can be a tree. It does. The thing itself doesn't matter, and that's where the that control mechanism comes in. Is they're like, oh no, not that thing. This thing, look at the shiny keys that I jiggle around. You need to care about this and say that you care about this, even if you don't care about this. Well, and that's the other thing is one of the things that is weaponized the most is not just what you care about, but making you not care about what you once cared about. Mm -hmm. Because what is happening right now is all the modern mythology, the modern culture has been torn down so much that people no longer care. And what happens to people that don't have much to care about is they don't have a lot of hope. They don't have a lot of attachment and they end up getting to a point where it doesn't really matter. Like the whole, it doesn't really matter who's in charge because we're all going to get fucked anyway. Right. That level of, I I don't care. I don't care. It's apathy because we know that they're all going to be the same people anyways. But let me drag this into the realm of practical paganism. I once rejected that, that phrasing, but it's accurate enough. I'm going to drag this into practical paganism and tie some spirituality into it. We, as mortal beings, we can care about our people as a whole. But we don't even know that Frank or Diane exist. Therefore, we don't care about them. We care about our people as a whole. But if we're perfectly honest, we don't care about Frank or Diane. How can we when we don't even know that they exist? Our gods function much the same way. They care about us as a whole, but unless you're doing something that makes you stand out from the crowd, why would they even know that you as an individual exist? This doesn't mean that you don't show them the respect and reverence or try to get their attention by, I don't know, let's say that you like blacksmithing, you want the blacksmith God's attention. You become the absolute best blacksmith that you can be. You might get his attention, just through the effort. Well, and that's the other thing is the way I kind of put it is because gods are effectively immortal. Our gods actually can be killed, but they effectively can't age to death. It's a whole thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot weird. of old it depends lady on diapers. A particular story. And, yeah. And tradition and whatnot. It's a bunch of depends. Yes. But let's say a god somehow ends up in physically in this realm for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And they meet a young little girl, and they're like, hello, little girl, would you like a flower? And then they walk back to the realm, and they plan to come back, like, the next oh, day. Oh, and they might even talk about this wonderful little girl that they met, and how And then they go back, and then they're like, well, hello, are you the little girl I was talking to? No, who are you? Um, well, I was uh, looking for, insert the name, and 
points over at a headstone. A headstone. She oh. died at like 85 years old. Yes, and she's been dead for 10 years. Yeah, and it's not necessarily always like that, but it's not necessarily not like that. Well, this is one of the things that can happen. Well, it probably does. Well, it's part of the issue that ends up happening with immortality because people notice, like, the older you get, the less the small things bug you. Mm-hmm. Because eventually... I'm still waiting for that time. Yes, you're, you're still too young. It'll come, laddie. It'll come. But <laughs> You don't understand when you get to be about 400 years old. But once you hit several thousand, several hundred thousand, et cetera, et cetera, it starts to become... You're, because it's it's already known that the different realms don't function on the same timeline. Mm-hmm. But the long story short is the gods, uh, they care about the people as a whole. Like, you care about your body as a whole. You care about the health and well-being of yourself. To, I, I you should hope care so. about when part of it hurts. Yes. But you don't necessarily care about every single cell. You don't care when you shed a hair. How many it, of us have said... Ah, uh, it's just a scratch. Yeah, Tis there's but a scratch. But there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of cells that died in that single scratch. Right. And it doesn't mean that you don't care, but you also don't care. Yes. Because you do care. It hurt. But you don't care about the individual cells because you never knew the individual cells. And this isn't to say, oh, well, there's no point. Well, of course there's a point. Well, and eventually, because there is a there is a limit there. You look, care if you lose a hand. Yeah. A lot of people care if they go bald. Yeah. Even though you're not why. actually losing. Well, maybe women. I get it. I get why women care. But for men, it, it, the thing is, is you don't even lose the hair unless you have alopecia. Right. The hair cell just becomes like the vellus hair over the rest of the body, because that's actually something like. Uh, I think old, I think most of us seen that meme with the bald guy and he has the uh, the, the bottle cap. That's what I was gonna bring up. Like two inches floating in the air over his head. He's like, I'm not bald. The hair is still there. It's just see-through. Right. Or as the, the Asians say, beautiful golden fur. Yes. That is, it, it, when you're perfectly honest, you get some really interesting conversations. Yeah, she just starts petting you. Well, because most of our people would look at me and be like, oh, he's he's pretty hairless. But apparently not. Apparently I'm covered in a in a shiny golden pelt that we just don't notice. We just look straight through it. Yeah, but the, the other races don't. Some apparently. of the Asians I work with, because I've even, okay, it was a, a female I was having a, a, a real conversation with, right? Uh, me, her, and uh, another white guy comes over and he starts attacking me. And then she starts jumping and being like, no, he's right. And she was talking about the golden pelt that's all over my arms and face and not my beard, but like up on my forehead where, we don't see hair. And I asked another Asian about it. I had to get him comfortable. And that was a him. Get him comfortable so that he realized I'm, I'm not. A, I'm just curious. Like, what's the reality of this? And he's like, yes, all white people look like they're covered in, in fur. It is the craziest thing. We can't see it, but apparently they can. And I'm sure that there might be one or two Asians out there lying to themselves saying, uh-uh, uh-uh. Oh, yeah. Well, but, uh, I've actually ended up asking several Asians, and they all seem to see it. It was brought up to me actually years ago before this last conversation I was talking about by a guy from northern China. And I've interacted with probably 50 Asians since then, and some of them bring it up. Like, I don't even have to ask about it. I'll just bring up difference, differences between our biology and the way that we look and function, and they will bring it up themselves that white people are covered in fur. Oh, yeah, and they looked like gnarled up wood. To us. To, to us, for the most part. But, and this ties into care, actually, because the thing is, like, we don't really care about our vellus hair. I mean, this is going to seem a bit odd, but I would argue we should, because they're now marketing, especially to our women, that they should remove That it. makes me angry. Yes, because, because it's, it's so pretty. Well, yeah. That's a whole... I mean, other. of course, once it gets to be, their vellus hair gets as thick as my facial hair, there's something going on that's probably not vellus hair anymore at that point. No, but that's the family of dwarves up north. Yeah. And basically what it is is we're taught we, – there are things we don't care about because we, we see them every day, but the others don't, so it's unique. It's like you want to see something odd, see a bunch of Asian exchange students just fascinated by squirrels. And you're like, don't you have squirrels in Japan? Well, yeah, but not these squirrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, this ties into actually the idea that 
a lot of people will get mad at the other races, the other races of men. They care about them. Yeah. They either care about them in a negative or they care they're they're heartbroken because they thought we were going to have the Star Trek future where everyone gets along. So that's part of how the care gets weaponized and I think that's why a lot of people end up bitter is the things they care about are the things one that by they were taught to care about. Well, yes, because on average most people don't really care. It's like someone from an area that is all Hyperboreans probably doesn't really think very often about the other races, but no. they're taught this this fiction about them. Mm-hmm. And then when they find out that the fiction isn't true, they become heartbroken because they knew it. They knew it because why would their teachers lie to them? Why would their preacher lie to them? Well, and that why ties would their into, doctor lie to them? Well, and that ties into education and industry and occupation because, like, let's say you brought up smithing. You care about being a blacksmith or you wouldn't be a blacksmith, even if you only care about it because it puts food on your table. But usually those aren't very good blacksmiths. Unless they were really good and then they lost interest and now they're just going through the motions making the basic crap. Loggers, uh, doctors, you have to actually legitimately care about what you're doing. And At least a little bit. Well, and everyone cares about work, but they don't necessarily care about it in a positive sense. Like most They care about work, but they don't care about their job. Yes. Well, they care about what the work provides them with, which is... Money, so they can feed themselves, their family, so put a they roof can over send some to Hyperborean Radio because we're fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's true, we're, we are fantastic. Well, it was a nice slick plug <laughs> until you paused. <laughs> well, it was it was out of the blue. I was like, oh, well, you're far slicker than I am. But yes, it's we all care about our job and we want to do a good job, but we also don't give a crap about our job. Well, it's like I. The job I work at, I don't really care about it. I could take it or leave it, but I like what it allows me to do. I think most people are in that category. There are some people that straight up hate their job, but they keep doing it. And the thing is, is you can only put so much care out into the world before you you eventually just run out. You run out of it and you start just... Well, yeah, you have no that, fucks that's to give. the other part of it is they try. Well, you got to care about everything, everyone. So then they overwhelm that because the reality is, is no individual can really care about more than maybe a couple hundred people. We can care about what happens to the overall. But how many people let's be brutally honest. How many people do you actually care about? Your mom, your dad, your brothers or sisters, if you have them, your cousins, your friends. Um, Let's be honest. Most of the people that you even work with, you don't really care about. Yes, you're aware that they exist, but you don't really care because do you actually talk to them? Do you ask them how they're doing and genuinely care? Are you being polite and just waiting for them to be like, yep, pretty all right. And then you just keep around going. And yeah, you'll notice when they're gone. That is not the same thing as caring. No. Well, it's also it's not monstrous to not care because that's the other part of it. They try to make us feel like monsters because we can't care about every single individual it's not thing in the way that possible. they want us to. Yeah, we would go insane. Well, it's like and, if and you, that's part. I think that's part of the mental health issues that we're having is people are legitimately trying to care. And then. Through trying to care about everybody and everything, which overwhelms them, they then come to the conclusion of, oh, shit, nobody cares about me. Well, and Which isn't true, but once that despair hits, you, you stop noticing the four, five, ten people that do genuinely care about you because you, you have this expectation in your head that everybody on the planet is supposed to care about you or everybody in your country or everybody in your state. It's supposed to genuinely care about you, but it's actually perfectly normal. It is the natural state of being for somewhere between, let's say, 3 and 20 people to legitimately care. That doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that everyone else despises you. It means that you just don't really register on the radar. And if if you do, it'd be in the sense of like, I don't know, pick a star, Chris Hemsworth. When he dies, lots of people are going to be like, oh, poor Chris Hemsworth. I loved him so much. I cared about him so much. 
But did you? Did you really? Or did you just know who he is because he's famous? And well, it's a, an expression is actually it's unfortunate that he's dead. And I feel sympathy for his family. I feel empathy for his family and friends that lost a family member or a close friend. That's what we actually mean. And let's start being honest. That's what we mean. And it's perfectly fine. Like, you're not actually genuinely heartbroken because Chris Hemsworth dies or pick a star. But whoever your favorite person is that's not in your immediate circle. The reality is is you don't actually care. You're actually, in reality, kind of apathetic to it. Well, and what it is is this, I think, is also what trains people to not tell people their real opinions. Mm-hmm. Because, like, let's well, say... Well, I'm perfectly aware there's a bunch of people out there calling me a monster right now and saying that ev- even to themselves, to justify it to themselves. He's lying. That's not true. I'm not that way. We all are, and it's perfectly fine. Well, it's like there are. There's the uh, chemical spill in Ohio, just to name a few things. Mm-hmm. There's still a water crisis, well, I think, in Mississippi. Do we really care? We care in the sense that it probably shouldn't be going on. That this is monstrous, but because it doesn't yeah. directly affect us or people we care about, we can't put a lot of emotional energy into it. And if you're vilified for that because you say, "Well, I don't really care," it it's not a monstrous statement to just tell the truth. But because you're punished for holding this unpopular opinion of, I don't really care that there was a typhoon in Japan, then you're vilified, so you start lying. Oh, no, the poor Japanese. The worst part is you'll lie to yourself. Because the thing is, is like with the the Ohio chemical spill, it's, it's monstrous. I do not like that it happened. I am not apathetic to it because obviously I care a little bit. Had I not been told, I would have been completely apathetic to it because how could I care? The individuals there, I don't know anybody there. I can't care about them. But what I can do is say the situation is not good and nobody should have to go through that. That doesn't mean that I care about, I'm sorry, Bob and Francine of, I forgot the name of the town, Ohio, because that's my level of care. I even forgot the name of the town. Well, I think it's also that you can't truly care about abstracts. It's like that whole thing. Uh, ten people's deaths is a tragedy. A million is a statistic. Yes. Eventually, and, things And here's just... the thing. Even geographically, once it's removed so far geographically from you, ten people is a statistic. Well, and I'm not... By not caring about something, you're not saying something is good or bad. Yeah. Like, for instance, I might not care who the prime minister or president or supreme... I don't know what the politics of Belarus are. But whoever the leader of Belarus is, it might not even be on my radar. Mm -hmm. Most people don't even know what Belarus is. But Belarus is too far removed for me to view it in a direct response. Mm -hmm. So... You can forgive me, I hope, for not knowing who that is. Just like I don't expect the Belarusians to know who the governor of Iowa is. We're playing this really good because I'm going straight to the... I'm going to kick them in the nuts and punch them in the stomach. And then you play the neutral card, basically, with Belarus. Yes. And I'm like, it's perfectly fine to not really... you, You can't. You cannot care about all the individuals. I wish that you could. Because wouldn't the world be so much better? We would have even more insanity, more people in depression just from the effort without ever succeeding in trying to care about every little thing. That's part of the control mechanism is telling people you are a monster if you don't actively care and talk about this thing nonstop to show that you care. And by the way, here's 50 other things that you have to care about equally as much. And then it eventually drains you and you don't have enough to put into the people you love. Well, and by the, the way, the you have to you care love, about your hobbies, your career, uh, the th- your, your local community, all the stuff that you actually want to care about. Mm-hmm. Like how much well, they can- expect? They expect we're in Michigan. They expect us to care more about Central Park in New York than they do about the park down the street from us. They expect the people in New York to care more about the park down the street from us than Central Park where they are. Well, it's because it allows you to distance the people from the area they're actually in by making them care about abstracts too far away. Yeah. Well, and this actually, this actually, this is a bit of a hard segue, but we are the masters of hard segues. Yes. 
one of the things I've been thinking about also in terms of care is I've said this before. You don't have to believe in the gods if you believe in the strength and power of your people. Yes. A lot of people's buttholes pucker up at this because they're like, oh, you're saying atheism. You're an atheist. Well, or the thing is, the gods are our people, too. Well, that's the thing. That's part of it. But this is what I came to the conclusion of. You don't have to believe in the gods in the sense of being literal beings, but you can care about them because people mm -hmm. care about Gandalf. They care about Yoda. They care about Doctor Who. They care about, uh, I don't know, Harry P Potter. Pick a fictional character. Yeah, they care about these fictional characters, sometimes vehemently so. Mm -hmm. Knowing full well that they're fictional characters. Yes. And gods are gods and spirits and heroes and figures from our mythology and mytho-history and culture and legends. They, if even just the same amount of care was given to them, and you're not expected to care about every single god. In fact, you're not required at all to care about any single god at all. Mm -hmm. But as a whole, the understanding that this is part of the people, part of the culture, part of how we understand each other. They exist for no other reason than the stories exist. And the but, stories are lessons. The stories are good for us. They, they teach us it's okay to be brave. It's okay to care. It's okay to... Be heartbroken. It's they teach us who we are. Well, it's and the thing is, the gods are often attributed. Well, and with I, I said I straighted I, I phrased that wrong. I don't want to cut you off, but they don't teach us who they are. What they do is they teach us it's okay to be who we are. What I was gonna say is that's the ephemeral sort of. That's the part that matters in the sense of the the wholeness of being. To use a holistic. Oh, I, that word is so polluted. But what I was going to say is oftentimes in the folklore, and it's less in the mythology and only because the mythology is typically so curated. Mm -hmm. But in the folklore, the gods are often attributed more direct positive influences. Like uh, Frau Hala is credited with giving people flax, which is a big deal. Or um, you have... Well, it was. Well, it was. It still is in some areas. Uh, and I've met so many of our women that so badly want to grow flax. Like, they'll try, but they don't have any experience. And you need feels of the thing to make anything good. So they have, like, a tiny garden, and they're trying desperately to grow flax. Uh, kudos. kudos. Yeah, I almost went off on a side tangent. It's a positive one, but it's a but, completely different topic. So well, keep going. Then you have uh, the old man of the mountain, commonly called Rubizol, if you need to try and Google him. He is. Don't call him Rubizol, by the way. No, that's an insult name. It's a, it's a weird thing because that's what you have to Google or look up to find him. But don't call him that because it's an insult. But it's uh, he is credited with giving, among other things, because he's actually a, a fairly big gift giver, um, sourdough bread and the spinning wheel. Those aren't small gifts. Well, and minerals and gems from the earth. And he's credited with a lot of things. Well, and then they'll they'll teach, they'll help, especially in the folklore. This is part of the. There are superheroes. Yeah, they. Are, that's what they were. I mean, people have pointed. Are are well. We need to not relegate our gods to the past. No, uh, but what I was referring to is that was in, more for the the people listening than for you. But um, culturally, people have actually pointed out. And this is what the Christians say: the saints were the superheroes of the Middle Ages. Well, so were the romance, uh, like, knights, like Charlemagne mm -hmm. and... Uh, well, King they had Arthur. trading cards and everything. Oh, yeah. Well, they did, like, uh, when we had, like, steamboats going up and down the Mississippi River, there were trading cards of that with, like, depictions of Neptune and Davy Crockett and all this stuff. So there's... Isn't it weird how they take some really old things and they try to make it seem like it's really modern? Really modern things and they try to make it seem like it's ancient. Well, it's like uh, action figures. People think action figures are new. We've had action figures forever, and it wasn't actually uncommon for them to be of the gods. Yeah. Like, uh, it used to be a thing you would get uh, depictions of heroes and gods and things With as a gift for, I think it was Saturnalia in Rome. Posable and everything. Well, right, and they, like, put together with wires and leather thongs. Well, and I've seen ones of the devil from, like, uh, it was actually made of lead, but it was an old devil toy. Well, and like the Punch and Judy or clowns and stuff like that, that's all. We're still making them. We're still making action figure idols. Like, actually, could you imagine? Because I don't bring this up enough, and I think it's actually really important. 
how much more people would care about the gods if instead of having just a little statuette of, I don't know, Thor, you had an action figure, a lore-accurate action figure mm-hmm. with freaking strongman build and all, not the ripped, chiseled Ken doll pack, uh, six-pack, but actually built like actual Thor, and the kids got to play with that. Yeah. And well-made, too, so not like mass-produced garbage. Then there's Barbie dolls. Like, how about an those uh, ceramic dolls, but of Freya, of Idun, of the Morrigan? How much more would people actually care? Because people today... Well, and the key is is being lore-accurate, like a lot of the work that we have uh, Aethelwolf do for us. Oh, yeah. Well, because we it, get as lore-accurate, and, and it's him, too, because that's why he does it with us, because he wants to put out lore-accurate artwork. Sometimes he'll get a little bit more fantasy, but he isn't doing that for us. He's doing that for everyone else. Well, and I care about how the gods are depicted. And I used to be pretty loose, like so long as it's close enough. Mm-hmm. I, I got a lot more stringent after I saw someone try to claim that Thor depicted as a redhead is somehow anti our people. I'm like, he is a redhead. What the, the fuck stories. are you on about? Yeah. Like fiery red hair. Not like Bridget, whose hair is literally fire, but it's right. not like a fire coming out of her head like fire the human Star. torch. Bridget is like Firestar from uh, that Spider-Man cartoon. But basically her hair is Minus fire, but it still behaves like hair. Yeah. So the whole her head being like the human torch? No. No. No, but um, that character Firestar from the, I think it's a Spider-Man cartoon. It's one of those cartoons, anyways, from like the 80s. And her hair was made out of fire when she'd fire up, and it moved just like hair that that's that's the hair of Bridget it's yes and that would be cool because there was they used to put out action figures of that Firestar I think that's the character's name Firestar well if we was to do Bridget with a white cow for instance and give her that same plastic hair uh, with the orange and the red and and the yellow highlights in it to make it look as flaming as possible and give that to kids to play with well, and the thing is, is it's not out of the realm of possibility. If you wanted, you could actually do this. Because I know that there are some people that will get like... Well, old... we'd be producing it if we had like a billion dollars. <laughs> if, yeah. But the... Um, one day. One day. As the Skeletor meme goes. Yes. But imagine if you got... Because there are people that will get like old Bratz dolls. And mm-hmm. people don't like the Bratz dolls because they're pretty much like, what if Kardashian was a freaking uh, doll? Yeah. And they'll clean off all the garish makeup and stuff and then they'll actually make it more look like a girl not like a, a freaking valley girl uh, right. transvestite and then they'll sew actual clothes for it and stuff like well, that and the reason why they do all that is because they care yeah they care about the doll they care about the girls they i mean people complain about barbie imagine if instead of barbie you had bridget and Athena and all these goddesses and heroes because I'm actually not against like I don't know Marie Curie dolls mm-hmm. that's a good thing for girls it is actually to, to, to have women that they can look up to heroically but the same is true for men they got to have the masculine role models right well and here's the thing is honestly I, I think all of them should be on uh, should be offered from the young maiden goddess for like little girls you got all the way from some of the the maiden goddesses all the way up to the crone. So even the great Baba Yaga. The girls are, the little girls are going to be drawn more to the young maiden ones. But there's nothing wrong with us also giving them the crone goddesses. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We have uh, Thor or Lu with Kung Fu action grip. But we have to change the name. So Celtic boxing action grip. I don't know. Celtic boxing action grip. Swinging. So you can swing him around. Swinging action and we put a spring in his hip joint so it actually springs around. Well, and people be like, that's sacrilegious. No, it's not. It's pure heathenry. We've been doing this forever. Well, it's actually why I love, uh, I've started reading recently this uh, comic book series, Fables. And I got so excited when I was reading it because I'm like, this is actually really close. Like, it's still off. Well, our ways. extreme reverence is considered irreverent by these structured religions. Well, our irreverence is how we revere our gods. Yes. It's like we say, you, do you really love someone if you haven't told them to fuck off at least once this year? Right. I, I mean, you kind of got to. 
It's it's the rules. It's, it's like, don't run from the bear because he wasn't going to chase you. But once you run, he has to well, chase. Well, bunnies will do that. It's yep. like a law in nature. Uh, like I've the law of the forest. actually chased by rabbits because they got startled, ran, and the first thing that the rabbit did, first thing the rabbit did was get ready to run. And then, then the rabbit, you could see the math going on its head. It's like, oh, that thing is running. I have to chase. It's the law. I think it's because partially... The bunny's like, oh, it's running from me. That means I can eat it. Yeah. It starts hopping. <laughs> it, it was the craziest thing. Uh, but you was, you brought up the uh, the Fable comic before I cut you off. Well, they have actual gods in it, like uh, Wayland and Reynard, and they're not. They're depicted actually fairly close to how they'd behave. Mm-hmm. I actually really enjoy it so far. Yeah, uh, I'm sitting here thinking, like, if I had Elon Musk money and I was to make some of these action figures what are some of the more odd ones I would do? Nuada of the silver arm. So you get him, and he's got the silver arm, kind of like uh, the action figure of, what the hell is that, the Winter Soldier? Oh, yeah, with, yeah. with Kung Fu action grip. Yes. And, but you can take off the silver arm. But when you take off the silver arm, the real arm pops out of it, because that's what happens in the story. He gets his arm cut off. He is given a silver arm to replace his arm, and then healers come along, and regrow his arm. Well, and I'm going to butcher the names here because I always get have a little trouble with the really Gaelic names. But there's everyone does, including the Gaels. Uh, Diaconect, I think, is the the one god is the one that gives him the silver arm, and then his son Miok, who's an even better healer, regrows his arm. Yes, you said it in the standard English. Yeah, and I I'm not even going to try uh, because I, for all I, I, I know, I trip over the the Gaelic. When I'm trying to speak it, I understand it fine, as so long as I'm not paying attention. Um, I understand it fine when other people speaking it, but I can't speak it because my tongue just doesn't work in that way. You got to get your tongue, your mouth, and your lips all going in completely different directions and roll every fucking letter. The Spanish think that they're fancy with their rolled R's. Try rolling all of the letters. Yes. But only when you need to. Yes, you should. I can't do it. I'm yeah, just, you, I just end up. You sound like, like a Led robot. Zeppelin uh, record being played backwards. Oh yeah, like spell, <laughs> spin the record backwards for the satanic message to kill John Lennon. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but uh, but back on to care, which well, we never actually left care, but yeah, it's it's okay to care about the little things. It's also okay to not care about the big things. You can care that, I don't know, 1,500 people were killed in a natural, uh, I don't know, tsunami or a tornado and be like, that is sad that that happened. It's okay to do that, and it's also okay to not really care because you can't. It's like, oh, that is unfortunate. I hope is I hope most people are all right and they recover just fine and leave it at that. That is perfectly fine. You're not a bad person for not not knowing that or or weeping hysterically because Mary died in that tornado or in that landslide or we just can't. It's beyond our ability. Well, and at a certain point, you, you're told to care about things for so much that you end up nihilistic and yeah. unable to even care about anything. And I actually wanted to make sure I, I fitted this Congratulations, in. Congratulations, Gen Z. Well, uh, and here's the thing. I'm not picking on them. I, I, I'm not picking on them. I don't really believe in picking on any of the generations because the thing is, we shouldn't be enemies. It's easy to say, oh, the boomers did this and the boomers did that. Not all of them. I understand broad brush strokes. Well, I, and, I get it, but uh, it's there. There was some of them. Some of them fought all along for us, and some of them are still fighting. Well, and that's the thing is, we were taught not to think of ourselves as a people because it used to be a matter of pride. Like we have the prettiest women, we mm-hmm. have the strongest men, we have the bestest food. Right. We have but, well, this. and what we was doing is we was setting an expectation for people to meet, and then it kind of got lost. And now people, because there's all these surrogate tribes, mm-hmm. so people know the obvious ones like sports teams and politics, but they forget the smaller ones like generations, mm-hmm. because. It used to be if you were making 
if you had kids, you were having a continuation of your people. But now we're segmented by these generational lines. So if you have kids, you're automatically actually giving more people to what we've been trained to view as a future enemy. Right. Because when what, is what it- you're doing is actually giving birth or or creating, populating a future ally. If if you do things right, they aren't enemies. They are potential allies. Well, and that's the thing is these generations being it's not that there aren't issues with the generations, but it's because there's issues with our people and our culture mm-hmm. at the moment, period. And it's not that the complaints are invalid, but the thing is, is the boomers, the Gen Xers, the millennials, the Gen Zers, the I guess the next one they're currently calling Gen Alpha, the silent generation, the few of those that are left, if there are any. They're like 100 years old. Yeah, they're we're all the same people, whatever country we're in. I know that those generations don't equally apply to every generation, but whatever, to every country. But we're not enemies. We've been trained to, and some of us are acting like that. Yeah. But a, a disturbing amount of us. Yes. So <clears throat> this is the way I approach it. I meet a millennial. I expect a particular behavior pattern from them. But I give them the opportunity to surprise the shit out of me. I also give them the opportunity of they just didn't know any better, and perhaps I can inspire them to a more positive well, um, behavior well, pattern. Well, what seems to be happening as the generations go down, and you can just view this as a change over time, is the generations are getting more and more diverged. Yeah. So, like, once you hit Gen Z, it's like half of them are... Super liberals, and the other half are super not. Well, I won't even say super liberals. I would say they're super into everything that's going on, even if they've just convinced themselves to care about the things going on. Well, yeah, yeah, because liberals aren't liberals, and the progressives, anybody that, here's the thing. Anybody that wants the the system to change in any direction is a progressive. Well, none of the words mean what they should mean, and they're used, and it's a whole thing. But and then the other half is like I gotta get the fuck out of here. I don't know how I'm gonna do. I might go live in the mountains and disguise myself using wolf skins. Yeah, and with Gen Z, there's less of the in between. It's like the ones that are super into current thing, and then the other ones that are like everybody's crazy, and I just want to run off to the woods. Yeah, this is the and it's getting more and more extreme as the generations go down. This is actually partly how I figured out the importance of care, was you are actually talking to someone about uh, Gaelic myth and Irish culture and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and they were just they were just waiting to pounce oh, on Oh, yeah, you. I could see the gotcha. And then you explained that you're second-generation American. You are actually, from both sides of your family, descended of Irish, raised in Irish tradition, Irish folklore, Irish mythology, Irish fighting customs, actually, because yes. of what your family did for a living. So... He kind of deflated. And the thing is, he doesn't care about that. No, he just wanted the gotcha moment. Yeah, he just wanted the gotcha moment. He wanted to accuse me of cultural appropriation. Well, and what it is, is it comes back to when people don't care about anything. It gets to the point where they don't care about... They care about so little, they can't really think of what they do care about. It's a situation of misery loves company. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happening with a lot of people. It's... Like uh, feminism, just, just just to pick on something else for a little bit. Feminism almost always springs up when me- either men are very, very weak, so women are just freaking sick, so it becomes a giant sh- shit test, or there's not enough men to go around. Mm-hmm. So there's too many women that aren't able to get husbands, so of course they need a bit more autonomy than they would have well, if they had Ultimately, a, had a they hate the other women. Who, that, that, that's what feminism is about. It's actually about hating women. Well, it's like Because I love all they do is... The attacking males from feminists—that is a—that's collateral damage. What they're actually doing is attacking other women. Well, it's like I love women. I hate feminists. I hate feminists because they hate women. Yeah. And yes, I care about both. I care about our women. Yes, as a whole, maybe not every individual woman because I physically can't. And the same is true of I care about feminists because I can't freaking stand what they do to our women, our men, our children, our culture. Well, and the thing is, is our women love us. So what is the best way to attack our women? You cause harm to the men. That is the easiest way for these people to cause harm to the people that they're actually attacking, which are the women 
who love the men. Which so is then, why they're always testing us. Yeah, well, that's why the women are always testing us, yes, but that's why feminists appear to be attacking men. They cause harm to us to hurt the women. Well, because they went after the women's elders first. Because mm-hmm. a lot of men will talk about not having... Um, not having mentors who care about them and can teach them and that they can care about in turn and build this community, this, this well, stream and, of... Well, and they attack uh, uh, the, the other women. They attack the grandmothers. They attack the mothers. They, they've because, removed... Well, the men just want another mommy. That's not what we're after when, when we're getting married. We're not after a the new mommy. The crone is invaluable. Yes, but we will always love our mother. We will always love our grandmother. Assuming that they don't completely destroy any any worthiness of it. Well, and here's the other thing is a lot of people will attack the things people care about. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people end up when they want to be well liked, they just mirror what other people care about. I've actually stumped people because I actually cared about them to an extent. Uh, we, we were casual acquaintances and I noticed that he just kept repeating what I said and kind of swapping the words around to make mm-hmm. it less obvious. So I'm like. All right, I'm going to ask you very kindly, please stop mirroring me. When I ask you a question, I'm not asking you for the right answer. I'm asking you for your honest answer. Uh, He got shocked. He'd never had anyone say that before. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know what to say because he hadn't really thought about it. He'd gotten so used to trying to just fit in. He didn't know what he really cared about, what he really wanted, what he really believed in. And that's the other thing. If you don't care about things, you can't believe in anything. You can't steward anything. You can't love anything. You can't hate anything. You can't build anything. You can't. Well, and nothing most, becomes worthy. Most of the hatred stems from care, but it's it's not because, well, hate and love are the same thing. They are not. But it's because of disappointment, typically. That's what causes the hatred. It isn't. I hate raccoons because raccoons get into my trash. No, in that case, that's a bad example because what it is is you hate the fact that the raccoons are getting in your trash. You don't really care about the trash. What you care about is the fact that you got to go back out. You got to go out there and pick up the trash. Well, so that's what the care is. You don't actually care about the raccoon and you don't really care about the trash. You care about. Damn it, I took it out there, and now I got to go out there and scrape up all this trash and put it back in there. You don't actually care about the trash. You care about the fact that you have to clean it up. Well, you can get around it by just leaving out a few hot dogs. Well, that would that would work, too, is the food feed, leave the food out so that they will go. If there's no food in the trash, they don't give a shit about it. They're not. They're trained to rip open the bags because people throw food food in the trash. You stop doing that, separate that out. They figure out, like here, the animals, we can throw the trash bag outside and uh, animals just completely ignore it. They know there's no food in it. There's no point in going through our trash. There's never any food in it. Well, it's like um, in in England, foxes are often treated as vermin because they've gotten to the point where most of their forest habitat is gone. So what do they have options for? They're living like street dogs. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking, actually, because I understand that if you look at old lore, I mean, there's a fox god that was like the most famous figure in European pop culture for like a thousand years. Yeah. Until he wasn't. Yeah. He still shows up in culture. He's one of the gods that was in the uh, the comic I was talking about. But now people just can't care. They can't be asked to care. And I'm not going to demand because here's the thing is I don't want people to pretend to care about anything. I want them to actually care about the thing and i don't want to tell them to care about the actual right. thing. it's part of the reason i both of us tend to keep the gods we actually care about close to the vest and the reason is is we've had people that will pretend to care about the god because they they know that we care so they're trying to mimic us right and really the reason why i start keeping it closer to my chest is because i get angry when people do that it's the disingenuous nature of it it's the lie of it it makes me angry well i get disappointed because i want people to i want people to find the thing they care about right so i don't even care if they care about a god well i mean to to acknowledge them be like yeah and the stories they have their value but what i actually care about is i care about my grandmother and my mother my father my brother my sister and the garden that we do together. I care about that, music. That's, that's the highest of my care. And yeah, I care about the gods, but they're like number 20 on the list. Well, 
I am good with that. I am ecstatic with that. It's like, okay, you have the, your, the, your priorities, the priorities are straight. You care about your family, your friends, the things that you do with them, the things that you do for them. This is actually where the priority should be. And then our gods are also there, but they're just further down on the list. Because they are. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just because they are. They aren't separate from us because that also pisses me off. Well, the gods are in a completely different realm and they are above us and they keep everything going. No. No, that's not no, the way we've our seen gods that where work. People will try to claim, well, the gods are literally the mesh that keeps reality together. That is not at all what the no. lore says. Not at all. Not at all. That is nowhere. I don't know where people get that. That is basically taking... It's a combination the, of like four other religions that they thrust upon the ethnic way. Yeah. Look at the lore. That's not the case at all. And that's the thing is... And I, there is no no God keeping anything together. It It's just the way that it is. If you want to accredit it to something, it's the river of life, which is just an energy field. It's not conscious. It has no, no, it, it doesn't care. It's the stuff that stuff's made of. Yeah, it's just the stuff that stuff is made of with no plan, no consciousness, no will of its own. It just is. Well, and here's the thing is the reason people have historically, if you look at the past, have cared about a god or set of gods or whatever is because it was present in their day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. Maybe they had a personal experience. Maybe it's a local god. Like the people who care about Robin Hood, like people care about Robin Hood around the world. Mm -hmm. But the people that really care about Robin Hood are in Nottinghamshire. Where or at least should be. Yeah. And then in England, well, they still basically venerate him as the wild god that he is. Mm -hmm. they, they just don't quite realize it. Same with King Arthur. Everyone knows King Arthur. I'm not going to say the people outside Cornwall necessarily think love King Arthur more than the people in Cornwall where the legend is home. Or that the people in Cornwall necessarily love King Arthur more than somebody in, I don't know, Phoenix, Ar Phoenix Arizona. Oh, no, there's people in America that King Arthur is fucking everything. Yeah. Them. And that's the thing is, those are gods that are often thought of as just mythic figures, as legends. But there's also, what what's the word? Well, I, I don't expect people to actually care about the gods just because they know about them. Like, there's gods that are really popular right now because of pop culture. It's like, I'll admit, like, one of the things when people tell me they they venerate, when they say they venerate Odin or they venerate Othin or they venerate... Well, that's kind of why on our Thor. website, when you go to the Oz section is what we got titled right now with the gods. That's why we have the Icelandic... Attic uh, Scandinavian section first. It's what they come in through. Well, and it's. I often find myself with people. I mean, I'm not presumptuous to know the answer to this, but I, I am. But I often find myself wondering: Do they really care? And it's because I've met so many people that don't. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll go through all the motions. They'll pretend. They'll get tattoos. Which you think would be like? Why would you get a tattoo of a god if you don't care? Because it's cool. And that's what it comes down to. And it's if you don't have to care about any specific God, you don't have to venerate any specific God. This isn't a requirement of the ethnic way at all. But if you're going to do you legitimately care that 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 becomes my my question when I meet someone that's like, I don't know, Frigg, I'll, I'll, let's pick on on Frigg for a sec. Do you really care about Frigg, or do you just think she's the strongest because of something that you can And that you're supposed to. That's what it comes down to, because I've met people, and then they'll talk to me about Frigg, and I can go through the list and be like, but nothing you just said is actually right. Frigg. Well, and I've, I've seen this in the big do not let not seeing me uh, erase the perception of the air quotes here, but in the pagan sphere. Oh, how dare you not care about the gods? Oh, how dare you care about the gods? Both of these things are being said simultaneously. Care has been weaponized. We need to start being honest so it cannot be weaponized against us. Well, and which is basically what every one of our podcasts is about. It's about being honest. Well, being genuine. Yep, being genuine. Being true. Altruistic. Well, it's, in the end, this is a lot of what we talk about with the ethnic way. It's about 
being honest and true about yourself, being noble, being strong, wise, bold. Well, about our people in general and then yourself within the people. Well, we have to talk about broad brushstrokes because the reality is, is like, I don't know what it's like to be a fisherman in the deep blue sea. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it's like to be a mountaineer who leads hunting expeditions. Well, and we to don't get personally goats. know Frank, James, uh, Sarah, or Francine. We, so we can't tailor the the conversation specifically to the individual that's listening well, and to then, us. So we have to speak in broad brushstrokes. Well, and the other thing that comes out of that is this: is like I used to when I first met people who would get into uh, the the ethnic way. Mm -hmm. I would actually, if they asked, gladly give them a list of deities that I thought they might enjoy, that that are uh, connected to what they like, connected to their bloodline in some way, trying to get as close as I can as a good starting point for them. That's what I used to do. I stopped doing that because I started noticing that people would tend to take that list, pick one, maybe two, and go treat it as a Yahweh figure. Yeah, as a Yahweh replacement. And I realized that or they completely ignore the list. They completely ignore the list, pick whatever they want. And what it came to the conclusion of is people need this this period of figuring out what they actually want and detoxing themselves from what they thought they wanted. Right. Well, and here's one way I, I got... Okay, one person in real life that I talked to, because they was... Struggling with the concept. Basically, what they was trying to do is rip eth the ethnic away, uh, ethnic part or ethnic way apart, because it's it's not a Yahweh figure. And you're like, well, how can you love this God or that God? Because you're saying that they don't do everything that they're, and they don't. They're not even actually in charge of this thing. That they're just really good at it, and they kind of inspire and guide the hand of at at the outside edge. And I'm like, here's the thing. Do you love your mother, your father, your wife, your husband, your brother, your sister, your cousin any more or less because they can't do everything because they don't do everything because they're only really good at one to maybe three things. Do you love them any less because of that? Then why would you accept, uh, extend that beyond gods or to on to the gods? Why must they be good? At everything and they might be but they're just even better at these other particular things they are they might not even be necessarily good at, at a thing like Thor he's not actually really good at, at a specific thing not a specific thing he is an inspiration that's what he's good at he's good at being an inspiration well he's he's the strongest, except for he's not the strong. He's the strongest, except for when he's not. Well, and here's the thing is you can actually look and on average, the gods that are the most beloved are the most human. Yeah. The, the more super powered that they, they're perceived, the less interesting they become to us. Mm -hmm. Because, well, I mean, really, you're you're the lore keeper. You're you actually know a little bit more lore than I do. Can you think of anything that Thor is actually the best at? The only thing I could think of is breaking things. Except but, for there's gods that's better at breaking things than he is. Yes, that's why I said that's the only thing I can think of as a maybe. But he's inspiring. That's that's his purpose. Well, it's like we've... Well, it's, Part of the thing with the ethnic way is spirit, God, ancestor, uh, hero. What's the difference, really? It, you know, it's like the the story of the sturgeon in Germany and how once they the, their ancient pact was broken, the fishing dried up, dried up on the river. Were the sturgeon gods? Were they spirits? Were they just super powerful fish? I don't know. And in the end, it doesn't really matter. And... It, what's what's really the difference at that point for the purposes of the story all right and uh we're at the end of the conversation i hope that we didn't answer all your questions because there's no way that we did there because we couldn't even discuss it all in full depth but i hope that we brought up some things that will give you some food uh, some food for thought something to chew on for a week or so and uh 
yeah, I'm going to shoot out of here. See you guys next week. Don't forget about the homeless Tom Tay. Well, and I will just say, because I think this is actually an important thing to remember, is a lot of people, they, they're running out of things to care about because of everything that's been stripped away. So every time you catch yourself saying, I don't care, turn it into a question. So if you say, I don't care, add my dog. Do you really not care about your dog? I don't care about the Boston Red Sox. Do you or do you not care about the Boston Red Sox? I don't care about my mom. Do you really not care about your mom? And slowly but surely, you'll find the things you truly do actually care about and the things that really are you're indifferent to. And through that, you can find this little bit of things to give you hope and purpose and be worthy of your time, affection, love, hate, whatever. And you can build that up so that you have these little lights that you can help other people simply by being someone that truly does care and isn't pretending.